This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top of this hour, though, revisiting a, a very famous story from, well, 30 years ago. It was November 25th of 1987. The two teenage boys in a Calgary parking lot found a newborn baby still with the umbilical cord attached in a garbage bag. It was a very cold day, as late November days tend to be in this city. And so, yes, as they became known afterwards, and all the press attention, this was a story that made headlines around the world, in fact. Uh, They were the baby savers, as many people call them. It was quite a story and quite a remarkable rescue. Uh, Eventually, this baby, Baby Mary, as she was known at the time, and has really been known since, uh, did find a family, was adopted uh, by a a family in B.C. But obviously, still questions about her birth parents and and why things happened as they did. So joining us on the line is Tiana, also known, I guess, to, to many of us as Baby Mary. Tiana, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So you would be, I'm, I'm guessing, in, in your late 20s now, right? Not Maybe not quite 30. Not quite 30 yes. yet. Not until November. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. So my math is still okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and you still live in, in BC, I understand. Yes, I do. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start with the question that I mean, you, you know, you, you've been reaching out to, to the media to help get the word out about your search. So so talk a bit about why then you're, you're still searching. I'm still searching because this year for me, it's it's the big 30. It's my 30th birthday. It's a big deal. Um, and I just I've I've got so many questions to why. Why did it happen? Um and I just, I want, I want to know history. I want to know more family. Um, I also have a daughter of my own. She's two now. And I feel like uh-huh. a little part of her is kind of missing because my part's missing. So I want some questions answered for her as well. Now, when did you first find out your, your own backstory? I have always known I was adopted. Um, yeah. My mom and dad have always been very open and honest. Um they kept the little part about the uh, being left in a parking lot. That was kind of kept under the back burner until I was about 12. Uh, I started asking some questions about a picture that's actually my uh, baby book of me in the hospital. And I just started asking these questions. And my mom just finally said, okay, it's time to sit down and tell you what's going on. And she brought out this um, envelope that had all the news stories and everything she has kept over the last few years. And just it couldn't hide it anymore so it had to come out and that must really stick in your memory you must have really vivid memories of of seeing all of that i would imagine 100 percent. yeah i remember it like it was yesterday like i said i was 12 13 i'm 29 now and it's it was like it was yesterday i remember exactly where we were in our house i remember what my mom was wearing i remember everything it's it stuck with me it has. And I, mean, I would think that that would be, look, I mean, for anyone who's adopted, right, there are those questions about why. Yeah. But, you know, given the circumstances, I suppose it just, it, it must have compounded that for you. Right. Because a lot of people, you either have like the open or closed adoption. You still, yeah. you've got all that information. I unfortunately don't have that information. So that's why I kind of have to do this route with the help from the media. And I guess even going back to when it happened, police mm-hmm. must have been looking as well. They obviously wanted to know 
who yeah. the mother was and why this had happened. And I guess they, they were never able to find out, were they? No, as far as I know, no. <laughs> so have you made any progress over the years? Do you, do you have any kind of inkling about about your parents at all? Nothing. The only thing that I've ever received is I've actually, the two boys that found me, um, one of them, I have a very good relationship. Um, we, he actually, uh, news, uh, paper contacted him on my 18th birthday and then we got in touch with him. And then a couple years ago, I got in touch with the other one. So I have a relationship with both of them, but unfortunately nothing with um, my birth parents. What was it like meeting them? Oh my gosh. Uh, very emotional. It was how, how do you meet someone that basically saved your life uh, and say, thank you. It was, uh, it was very emotional. Uh, my parents were there. Uh, the one boy that found me actually brought his son with him and his father. So it was, it was a great experience for all of us, but very emotional. Yeah. And I'm sure it's really stuck with them over the years too. Oh yeah, it definitely has. Um, and, and so then that's, yeah, beyond that, I mean, do you still hear from people? I mean, it, it, there, there's a lot of coverage of it, obviously, here, and you, you saw it all in, in, in the, the envelope, uh, and people yes. here still remember it. People, you know, even today, people yeah. talking about it. Do, do you have people who, if they, they are aware of who you are, that they remember it? Is, is there still oh. that connection? Always, even people I work with, um, my dad will mention the story or I brought it up one day and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally remember that story. Um, so there's definitely people throughout my lifetime that I've come across that as soon as I tell them, they're like, that was you? Oh my gosh. And they, they remember it. Yeah. So, look, I mean, if, if your search is successful, yeah, what, what do you hope to come of it? I just want a relationship with them. I want I want this to be positive. I don't want any negativity. This isn't this isn't a reason to do this is not to get upset with them or um a big question has been asked, are you going to charge them? And no. That's I feel like the last 30 years they've they've lived with that decision and I think that's enough. Um I just I want to have a relationship with them. I want yeah, I just want some closure for myself and potentially just have a positive outcome from this. Right, and, and that's an important point because maybe over the years they, they've been afraid to come forward. Exactly, and that's what a lot of people have said to me, that maybe they are afraid, and I totally get it. I would be afraid, but also, too, I respect their privacy. So if I do find them, I would obviously say, yay, I found them, but I would respect their privacy, and we would do it how they want to do it. All right. Well, how can people get in touch with you if there's, if they have information? There's two ways, actually. I do have a Facebook page set up. Um, the name is Mary Olympia Doe, and you can contact me there. Um, I do little updates every once in a while. There's some pictures there. Um, or also, too, you can email me at MaryDoe1125 at Hotmail.com. All right. Well, Tiana, all the best with all of this, Perfect. and uh, I, I hope this, this works out for you. And thanks so much for coming on with us here today. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. All right. There you go. That's uh, Tiana, a.k.a. Baby Mary. I'm sure for a lot of folks, uh, wow, you know, bringing back some, some memories. That was quite a story, obviously, uh, at the time, and just a, a ton of coverage. And it was just weird going back today, seeing all the old stories, uh, the old story from, from what's now Global News, the stories in the Herald. There's the picture of the, uh, on the Calgary Sun, uh, this tiny little baby. And the headline, where are you, Mom? That's what everybody wanted to know. Where's the mother of this child? Why was this child left in a garbage bag in a parking lot?
What the circumstances? Where was she born? Where did this happen? Uh, so all kinds of questions, obviously. It's quite interesting, too, the, the story of the, the couple that ended up adopting her. As you can imagine, with a high-profile case like this and, and this poor baby, uh, there were literally thousands of phone calls to Alberta Social Services and to the Calgary Police looking to adopt this baby, looking to take this baby in. And the story of this couple from B.C. who saw the story, who just felt that, you know, there, there was a connection there. And how it all came together. I mean, it's in and of itself, it's quite a remarkable story. Uh, and imagine these boys, just teenage boys. Who I guess would be right around my age. Uh, imagine finding that. So it was fortuitous that they did. Uh, and they reacted as they should have. And yeah, they, they did save this girl. So quite a story. So... As you can imagine, Deanna would like to, to know why this happened, or at least to just meet her birth parents. So she's on Facebook as Mary Olympia Doe, D-O-E. And again, you can email her, marydoe1125 at hotmail.com. marydoe1125 at hotmail.com. If you know something about this, or if somewhere out there, you are the mother, or you are the father listening to this right now. You can contact her. So that's her information. Uh, if you want it, you, you can send me a text or an email, and I can, I can give you that information. I know sometimes it's tough to write things down. We're giving it out over the air. Uh, but if again, if you think you might know something, or you might have some information that she would be interested in, that's how to contact her. All right, 403-974-8255 is her number. We are back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. You can reach us, 403-974-8255. This text from Cody says it all. What an incredible young woman. Fascinating. It really is. Can you just imagine being, you know, a 12-year-old, right, knowing you're adopted, but wanting to know more, and those parents knowing that that day was going to come. When's the right time to have that conversation? Is this child mature enough, old enough to handle all of that? Right, all the emotion just of knowing you're adopted, knowing that someone else gave birth to you and gave you up. And why? Why did they? And the kinds of things that obviously children can think. And then on top of that, to hear this story. Yeah, quite something. So there you go. How time passes. Approaching 30 years old now. Married, but the child of her own. Here's the uh, story from Global. That, that backstory about the, uh, the couple who ended up adopting her, Paul and May. Part of it reads here, while so many wanted the child, May knew she at least had a fighting chance. She and Paul had registered for adoption more than four years earlier. Their names were high on the list of more than 2,500 couples waiting for a baby in Alberta. The two who grew up in the same small B.C. town have been a solid team since meeting in high school. And there was the stubbornness factor. Paul thought when May set her mind to something, miracles weren't out of the question. And May was undaunted. Five years earlier, not long after they had moved to Calgary, she'd been diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and had not given much hope to seeing her 30th birthday. Then a mom to a toddler's son, May had gone to the doctor thinking she might be pregnant again, but that mass in her stomach turned out to be a 3.6-kilogram tumor. 
The five-foot-tall Dynamo had fought the dire prognosis with resolve. Like her 32-year-old husband, was a young child, had himself fought off a deadly illness. She was a survivor. When she woke from surgery, though, she was devastated to learn the surgeon had to do a full hysterectomy. Plunged into a deep depression, the only thing that gave May help was being on the adoption registry. I'm a survivor, and she is a survivor, May told her husband. This is meant to be. While they spent the weekend mulling over the idea of calling their social worker to express interest, nurses at the Calgary General Hospital were completing tests on the infant they had dubbed Baby Mary. And she was fine, full-term and healthy. When May called the social worker Monday morning, she prepared a speech about why she and Paul would be the perfect fit for Baby Mary. But she was interrupted before she could even start. The social worker said, quote, We've been talking about you two. Why don't I come over and we can chat in person? May and Paul were told that two factors gave them an edge over the others vying for the child. They had enough parenting experience to handle a vulnerable newborn, and they were keen on keeping baby Mary out of the media. So who better to hide her than someone in the media, as Paul was? There was, however, a glitch. First, they'd have to take on the role of foster parents and be prepared to hand her back should the birth mother or another suitable family member step forward. But it took them two seconds to decide. Paul asked, when can we pick her up? So just eight days after she was found in that parking lot, Mary was handed over to Paul and May. Thus began the cloak-and-dagger drama that surrounded baby Mary. A week after they took her home, May got a call from the hospital. She was asked to bring her in so they could get a DNA sample in case someone came forward claiming to be family. So rather than enter the lobby, she was asked to wait in the parking lot. When she pulled up, three men in dark suits met her. So she was handed sunglasses and a shawl to shield her identity. They basically had to to sneak into the hospital. For the next few weeks, Paul could barely tear himself away to go to work. He wanted to spend his afternoons on the couch with that baby girl asleep on his chest. Just in time for Christmas, they triumphantly told their extended family that they had an adopted baby. But if Mary's birth mother came forward, they had to give her up. Paul and May would then tell them the full story, something they knew would break their hearts. So back at work, Paul incredibly found himself covering the media story of baby Mary. Social services officials sought a permanent guardianship order to expedite the adoption process, but the judge, in a rather unusual move, ordered the department to first place newspaper advertisements with the baby's uh, baby's photo. So just after the new year in 1988, May was at home with Mary when a friend dropped by. Have you heard, she said, they found baby Mary's mother. May's heart stopped, but it turned out to be a false alarm. Someone had called the newspaper falsely claiming to be the mother. So it was nearly three months later uh, that the adoption was uh, was finalized. And then fast forward to uh, 2000 when they had to have that conversation. So it's 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 such an amazing story with one big obvious glaring question at the heart of it. And something that I'm sure haunts Tiana to this day. So you can understand why she would like some closure, why she would like to know. So it's not about punishing her birth mother and father, or even demanding answers from them, but just to know them. All right, so again, you can find her on Facebook, Mary Olympia Doe, D-O-E, or Mary Doe1125 at Hotmail.com. So, again, yeah, I guess it's good to know that this story also has a happy ending. Uh, in that this, this child survived, this child found, found a warm and loving family. Uh, that she's grown up, she's married, she's got a child of her own, she's doing very well. 
And obviously, this story could have had a very tragic ending 30 years ago. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.